Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. You are now listening to Got 'em Coach Hoops, Styles, Sounds, and Total Randomness. Lace up your kicks, turn your volume up, and find your favorite chill spot because it's about to get serious. Now, here's your host, the man whose hair is spinning around the world, Tyrone Smith. Yo! My bad. Yo, in the building, y'all already know what it is, man. Episode number 19 of that good old hot fire Dylon Dellinger. Oh man, I'm 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 way I'm tripping. I'm tripping. I'm doing the intro before I'm supposed to do the intro, man. But um y'all already know episode 19, man, of the show where like Kyrie Irving, I didn't talk to y'all for a whole week last week. But unlike Kyrie Irving, I'm dropping two episodes this week to make up for me not talking to y'all all last week. This is my apology to you guys. Forgive me. Got him, coach. Yes, yes, and I am your host, Tyrone Smith, aka Wrong to Exclusive, aka Mr. Hustle Bandit, aka Mr. Sneaker Bandit. Spinning around the world, spinning around the world, brush to my hair. Oh, I'm spinning around the world. Daytona 360, alive and in the flesh. You already know what I come to do, man. I come to give y'all that Dylon Dillinger hot fire, that H E A T heat. Y'all already know how I go. So, as I stated, um, last week I didn't put an episode up I've been very consistent with putting episodes up every week But last week I didn't put one up I was exhausted I was very very tired I didn't have the energy or the attention span To put up another episode uh, episode last week So I just didn't put one up So I said you know what My bad I felt bad um, People was asking where uh, episode 19 was and I couldn't tell him nothing. I just told him that I was tired. I couldn't do it. I, I wasn't in the right mind to do it. I didn't have the energy to do it. So I just didn't do it. Facts. But this week I'm feeling energized. I feel like I'm on top of the world. King Kong ain't got nothing on me. I will send you to the shoe program. 23 hour lockdown. I'm the man up in this piece. <laughs> Oh, forgive me. I was watching Train Today today. That's like my favorite movie of all time. So you know, I'm kind of, I'm kind of hyped uh, doing this episode this week because you know, Train Today make me feel like I'm on top of the world. It make me feel like I'm King Kong. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But uh, check this out, man. 
it's been a crazy couple days not so much in, in me doing anything man first of all i'm back in the sneaker buying game Yeah, man, I am back in the sneaker game. Um, I was feeling some type of type of way. The last pair of shoes that I bought was on my birthday. I bought the uh, I bought the all red fives, and um, those was dope. But I've only worn them once. I mean, I I I, I don't know. I don't know why. I, I just haven't really been like swagging out in them, like I'm supposed to be swagging out in them. But um, yesterday. Uh, well, actually, Monday, Monday, I bought the, uh, I bought the 13 history, the 13's history of flight. And these boys is so cold, man. So cold. I got them on my feet right now. I could not, I could not wait <laughs> my usual three day time periods before I wear new shoes. I had to throw these boys on immediately. So these, these joints is lit. Um, shout out to my plug. He gonna hook me up with the eggplant foams. Um, I was actually gonna get them, but uh, for two hundred and thirty dollars, I'm not getting them, especially if I can get them for one hundred and seventy. So uh, yeah, one seventy to thirty. You do the math. Uh, which way I should go? Yeah, I I, I figure one seventy sounds a lot better than two thirty, right? And I'm actually kind of digging them breads, so uh, I might have to holler at him, make see if I can get a pair of them breads, uh, them thirteen breads, uh, this week. But that's that's coming up for heat of the week, man. But uh, back to my back to my past couple days, man. I've been up like a like a like a weird person. Like my insomnia, and insomnia, and y'all know what I mean. It's horrible, man. It is super horrible. Like I was up to eight o'clock this morning, um, Sunday, and then Monday I was up until seven o'clock this morning, and. I don't know why I stayed up so late early Sunday, but Monday I wanted to stay up late early uh, because I wanted to hit the barber so he could hook me up with, hook me up with my weekly uh my weekly lineup. And um, I actually fell asleep. I actually fell asleep watching my favorite movie uh with my second favorite movie Rampage. Like I was saying, man, if y'all haven't checked that movie out, y'all definitely need to go check it out, man. The movie is just super hype. All three of them is super hype. Like probably one of the best low budget independent films that I've ever seen, besides Killer Season. Um, <laughs> Killer Season is that movie, man. I don't care what nobody say. Killer Season is the goat. Killer Season is the uh, is the Kobe Bryant of NB- independent uh, films, and Rampage is probably like the LeBron of independent films. And then like uh, Shatas is like the um, <laughs> it's like the JaVale McGee of independent films. <laughs> but um, yeah, man. So for some weird reason, I got all this burst of energy. Like I-, I should be like dog tired because I've had maybe a total of seven hours of sleep in the past two days. I don't know how I'm doing it, but I just know that I'm doing it and I'm doing it well, doing it very, very well. Um. Now that I've covered my week and everything else, like I said, I apologize for those who was looking for an episode last week, didn't get one. You get two this week. Um, motivation to get it cracking is going to be dope. Um, I hope you get a, a very good perspective of life by listening to this episode. Um, I think that I I think that I'm going to cover um, some some very key things, and I want people to understand that just because you go through certain things, that don't mean that your world is going to end. And um, I think it's imperative that people should listen to this, listen to this pod, that particular show, because um, I think it's going to I think it's going to touch a lot of people and make a lot of people realize that things aren't as bad as they may seem if you're going through a situation. And if you're if you're not going through a situation situation, things aren't things are not as good as they may seem because they can easily be taken away from you and you can easily feel like a lot of these people are feeling out here in the world man it's just it's just what what can happen and uh you just got to make sure that you do what you can to make sure that it doesn't happen that way and you could go about and do what you need to do all right so let's get into the show man got him coach episode 19 man let's get it those kicks are sneaker looking good. Here's the top five feet pieces for this week. 
Okay, alright, so look, I thought y'all, I thought, look, I, I've been doing something, I've been, I, I've been kind of following the same format that I fought, that I kind of go through every single week, but I'm not doing it this week, you know what I'm gonna hit y'all with this week, I'm hitting y'all with feet pieces this week, feet pieces this week, man, let's get it out the way now, so you know what, I got five, I got five uh, sneakers that y'all should check out, um, y'all already know my rule, Y'all can check these five out. If you're not feeling the five that I give you, definitely go in your local sneaker store and cop you some previous heat that's been discussed on the show. But now, let's get into this heat. First, we're going to start off with the Air Force One Mid Ivories, baby. This shoe features a ballistic nylon and a tumble leather, adding a premium lifestyle appearance to the Air Force One, while the swoosh branding is completely absent from the side panel. In its place is an urban utility FTWR production code that furthers the military aesthetic thanks to product codes and a goddess of victory division classification that hints at the Nike brand name. I actually seen these shoes um, in the store on Tuesday and actually um, pictures don't do me any justice anymore because... I previously did an episode where I was talking about the fives, um, the cement fives that were coming out, and I just thought that was a dope collaboration because I love the five. I don't know what it is about the five Jordans, but I love the five Jordans, and that cement colorway is just so iconic. I thought if you add those two together, the the shoe is going to be dope. But I actually seen the shoe, and I wasn't as impressed as I was by just looking at the picture. I wasn't super impressed by the, uh, the, the five cements. But um, the the Air Force One Mid Ivories um, these are interesting. These are interesting once you actually look at them in store. Um, the the, the tongue like isn't isn't like it normally is. It's kind of it kind of feels a little lightweight, and then it got this little zipper on the side of it that was just bothering me. But I think overall the shoe is still dope. Air Force Ones don't get a lot of love on this show. For particular reasons, because Air Force Ones is like the crush spot of the sneaker community, but these particular Air Force Ones is definitely worth a pickup if you're looking to pick up some uh, some heat this week. Next up is a shoe that's gonna be coming out this weekend: the Jordan 13 Breads, baby. This shoe features all of the original tooling, including the Chicago Bull-inspired colorway with varsity red suede on the heel and mudguards, while that holographic Panther-inspired Jumpman branding returns in an indirect green. Premium leather toe caps add a remastered finish to the sneaker. From the looks of these 13s that's on my feet, these 13 breads i can't wait i can't wait oh man i can't wait need i i need i don't need to say more let's get into the next uh feet piece of this week and that's the nike pg ones this shoe features a combination of red red suede and traditional mesh on the upper while a black midfoot strap and swoosh branding contrast together these are actually for his, because um, you know Paul George went to Fresno State, and these are actually his college colors. So these shoes are actually cool. The Paul Georges are actually a very underrated sneaker to cop. Like I didn't, I didn't think it would be. Like I didn't think the Kyrie's was gonna be as dope as they are. But Nike is doing a good job with his, uh, with his signature shoes. Kyrie had a dope signature first shoe. Paul George has a signature, um, a dope signature first shoe. LeBron has the greatest signature first shoe ever, and that's including Jordan. I think LeBron's uh, very first signature shoe is probably one of the best signature shoes I've ever owned in my life. So, um, definitely go check those PG1s out. Next up is the Nike Kyrie 3 Aquas. Now, these shoes were inspired by Tiffany & Company. And they utilize a hybrid hyper turquoise tooling with a unique swirling texture on the side panel mesh for a stand out look. Next, Coca-Cola Chuck Taylors. These Converse shoes are just a part of a full Coca-Cola X Kith collection, which includes Oakley sunglasses, Stan socks, a Yeti cooler, and a full range of Kith apparel. 
limited edition coca-cola bottle with kit logos will be given out to those who purchase pieces from the collection and will not be sold individually now these shoes are not something that i don't believe you will actually be able to pick up in the store but um the the coca-cola chuck taylor collaboration is just it's it's dope i, I love this shoe um and i'm not even a fan of super old school chuck taylors you know the old chuck, uh, the chuck taylors that you be uh see walking in <laughs> i'm not a big fan of them but these particular ones are actually kind of dope um so these are my five feet pieces of the week and i'm gonna actually give y'all my heat of the week for this week add some fire to your sneaker collection this is the heat of the week my heat of the week is actually going to be the coca-cola chuck taylor's yes um i know the 13 breads black and red i think that's a, a iconic colorway you can never go wrong with black and red you can never go wrong with it with a jordan but look we gotta we look we we can't just do the 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 same old same old so these coca-cola chuck taylors are are fire and then the fact that if you was able to actually if you're actually able to pick up these shoes or you actually able to pick up these shoes i doubt a lot of you are but if you were able to shout out to you but um you get so much you get a you get sunglasses you get socks you get a cooler you get a coca-cola bottle like come on now like you, you these shoes cannot be heated a week i mean like they have to be heated a week so they heated a week this week tune in next week for uh some more heat of the week 21st episode 21 get some heat of the week let's get into the show got him coach episode number 19 let's get it well, 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 there is something worth talking about today. Here's the top five stories of the week. So, this one is actually kind of fun. Um, first of all, can I get a welcome back for MB, um, NBA Live 18? Yeah, NBA Live 18 is back, man. And, um... If you recall in a previous episode, I had a little, I felt a little certain way about NBA Live 18. Play that back for me. In the screenshots of NBA Live 18, and I was impressed. I was impressed by what I was, what I seen. Kyrie was looking like Kyrie. Like, I, I like, I like what I seen. But then I got to that gameplay. <sighs> Bruh, I got to that gameplay. <laughs> Man, oh man, that gameplay. And you, the sad part about it is that the gameplay is the gameplay. That's 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 pretty much what you gonna get. And I'm scared. I'm scared for live, man, because that visually the game looks good. Say what? The game looks good, but the gameplay that they showed was buns, buns. And I'm hoping that they can fix that. They can fix the little problems. They can get the little kinks out before the before the um, the game actually drops. But I'm scared for live 18. I mean, yeah, I'm scared for live 18, man. All right. So basically, I was saying that NBA Live 18 graphically looks amazing. Like Kyrie. Now that I look at the game, I say Kyrie looked like Kyrie. But actually, playing the demo, Kyrie didn't look like Kyrie, bro. The game graphically isn't as impressive as it was see that's the thing about pictures man pictures make things look so beautiful when in all actuality when you actually play the game then it's not what it is um some of the players looked as spot on to me like paul george he looked as spot on uh javel mcgee had the little rat tail so he looked at a little spot on like some of the players looked as spot on Kyrie didn't look really spot on to me James Harden didn't look really spot on to me. The, the one thing about James Harden in that in Live 18 is his beard looks so weird. <laughs> LeBron, you know, LeBron is kind of big and bulky, and LeBron just look kind of, you know what I'm saying, like average, I guess. I guess that would be the best way to put it. So some of the players didn't really look like they were supposed to, and um, some of them looked like they were supposed to, but this gameplay man oh man um like i had to stop like i played like three parts of it and then i stopped and then i played another part and i stopped so it took me literally three and a half days to actually finish the demo 
But shout out to me because my player got drafted third overall to the Boston Celtics. <laughs> they got drafted third overall. And to me, the, the storyline of the of the one didn't make sense because it said that I don't know if I was paying attention to it right, but it said that the main character got hurt and he went undrafted in the draft, but then he went back to school to go back in the draft. I've never known a basketball player to do of any such thing. Like I've never, I've never heard of it, of that. Unless I'm missing out and he actually got hurt, missed the year, and decided to play in like the Drew League and all that other stuff. And even then, what, what, what? How do you get all this attention if you just been hurt and you just had all these serious injuries and all this other stuff, and you, and, and you were able to play in, in Drew Leagues and. In, in, in the Dykeman League and you you able to play at Rucker like I don't know like the storyline I, I see where they was going with it but overall the storyline just really it didn't really make it didn't make a lot of sense to me but shout out to my player being uh, drafted third overall to the Boston Celtics <laughs> I made a um I made a wing defender because I in in in, in real life you know I, I put clamps on people um my my jump shot isn't it isn't as like even in, in my best days of hooping my my jump shot was average at best you know what i'm saying like i was streaky so like when i when i was hot i was really really hot but if i was cold like i was really really cold um my ability to play defense and rebound and i was a very i'm a very very good passer i think i was a good passer to the point where um like i i would see things and the uh, the players I was playing with didn't see exactly what I saw, and I would turn the ball or, or, or passes a lot, and it would make me mad because I was I was seeing things that they should have done that they wouldn't do, and it made me feel some type of way because it made me look bad. So if we lost, I would have to sit because people were like, oh well, he can't pass the ball; he always passing that out of bounds. So it made me feel some type of way. Anyways, the reason I'm talking about NBA Live. Is because it, it always culminates to NBA 2K18. 2K18 is the granddaddy of them all. And um, over the past couple weeks, 2K has been releasing uh, screenshots and ratings. Um, poor Derrick Rose, man. Derrick Rose is a 78 overall in NBA 2K18. And people are mad. I can see why they're mad. I mean, Derrick Rose isn't a 78. I think if anything, he's he's a 80. He's a legit 80. Um, Lonzo Ball, Markel Fox are 80s in this game. Dwight Howard is an 81. Um, Nick Young, I believe, was a 75. Andre Drummond, what up though? Is a 86. I think he is. LeBron is the best player in the game. He's a 97. KD is a 96. Kawhi is a 95. Um, and my, my, my next best guess is James Harden would be somewhere probably like a 94 or something like that, or a 93, probably a 94, or he might be a 95 tied with Kawhi, but I think he's going to be a 94. But, um, in these screenshots, a lot of different things has been interesting in, in terms of the screenshots. One, one thing that's interesting, the big baller brand has made its way into 2K18. Say what? The big baller brand has made its way into 2K18. Say what? The big baller brand is in NBA 2K18. Shout out to LeVar Ball and the big baller brand. You can say whatever you want to about him, but if you can get a brand in a game, that's dope, man. That is super dope. So shout out to LeVar Ball. All, all that politicking and all that craziness, I mean, it's it's leading to something. It's really leading to something. Now think about it. Because in the summer league, Lonzo Lonzo played in his uh in his signature shoe and then he was playing in Nikes and Adidas and he was playing on all these different shoes. Just imagine if Lonzo Ball balls out. And you know, he may be able to get the bread that he's looking for, and, and he may be able to uh, to co-brand with the with the Nike for his own brand. The Var Ball, I mean, not a Levar Ball, but Lonzo Ball got some. Uh, if he can do some things, man, get the Lakers to to the playoffs. And that and that West, 
I mean, it's going to be tough because that West is looking very, very deep. And if this, uh, if Phoenix get Kyrie, it's going to look even, it's going to look even nastier. But, um, if he's able to do it, man, we all need to stay in our lane and let LeVar do his thing. But, um, not only is the big baller brand in the game, but, uh, Lonzo's signature style IRL jump shot is in the game as well <laughs> now this is going to be interesting because Lonzo Ball has a very intriguing interesting I wouldn't attempt it jump shot but in honor of Lonzo Ball I'm going to give you the top 5 ugliest jump shots of all time let's get into it All right, so coming in at number five, Rick Barry's free throw shooting. Now, don't get me wrong. Rick Barry is an is a OG in the game. Great scorer. He was a highly effective free throw shooter. But anybody who shoots the ball underhanded, you know how like when you was little and you was playing, you was, you was giving, uh, you was in the gym, you had, uh, you had PE. And they would let you play basketball for a week, and you had to—you was uh, shooting your jump shot, and you a little kid, so um, you kind of you kind of throw the ball in between your legs. You kind of had the ball in between your legs, and then you jump, and then you underhand your shot. Hey, low key, that's how I used to shoot because I never knew the fundamentals of basketball. But um, anytime you shoot that way, you 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 have to be on this list. You have to be on this list. I don't care how effective you are. As a free throw shooter with that with that particular shot, I think somebody in Florida actually, a college player in Florida, shoots the same way. And he shoots a high percentage too. So it's a highly effective shot. But it's just ugly. So Rick Barry gets number five. Number four. Rest in peace. Kevin Duckworth. Now, Kevin Duckworth, he shoots the ball with one hand, like literally. Like, he fades away, he shoots it with one hand, jump shot, one hand. Like, it's crazy. Like, if he would just use his offhand to guide his shot, it, the shot wouldn't look so bad considering he's a big man. But the fact that he just uses one hand to shoot, I had to give him number four. Number three. Give me the homie Sean Marion, man. Now, Sean Marion... Do y'all think Sean Marion is a borderline Hall of Famer? I don't know. I don't know. I, I think that championship may have submitted him. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. I think he has the numbers that could go in there. But then again, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. But um, Sean Marion. Sean Marion. Sean Marion is best for his defensive prowess and his ability to fly high with his athleticism. Um, he was a spot-up guy at best. You never really seen him uh, be able to create his own shot off the dribble or, you know, just be able to, you know, just be able to have that ability. And I think the reason being is his jump shot is just so quirky. Like, I was watching like little, uh, like, like just like people like trying to imitate his jump shot. I seen some like where they, uh, where they kind of shoot it from the chest. Um, I seen where somebody says he shoots it slightly above his head. Like me, I see where he, he. He shoots it like right between his nose and his chin or maybe his mouth and his chin and the elevation on his shot like he doesn't really get high to actually um, shoot the ball like he just kind of like he, he jumps up a little bit to actually shoot it. So you combine the fact that he doesn't really get high arc on his shot and it's just kind of right between the chin and the mouth and the fact that he doesn't really elevate on his jump shot. It looks it looks it's, it's very it's different. <laughs> I just say that it's different. Um, number two, Michael Kidd Gilchrist. Michael Kidd Gilchrist is um, I don't know. Um, I don't think a lot of people gives him the the the, the credit he deserves. Um, he's a bona fide leader. He was a bona fide leader in Kentucky. Um, he's doing his thing with the Hornets. Um, you know his his defensive prowess as a as a member of the Hornets is very very good. Um slashing he's a very good slasher but his shot is just so 
uh, I don't know, man. His shot is just so, just so different. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just so different. Um, he has like, like to me, I, I've noticed like he turns his body, um, like he turns his shooting. How did how did he do that? He turns his body, like he turns his, his the body, like his his shooting um hand, like you know, because he's right handed. So he turns his body all the way like to the opposite side and shoots it now initially he had problems where where he would shoot it like he will always release it when he's coming down where you know as you're shooting you know the your best the best way to get the jump shot off is to shoot it when you're up in the air as you're elevating to get your shot off not as you're elevating and then as you come down you're you know you letting it go he's worked on that to the point where now his um his shot release is a little it's a little up to par where it's supposed to be but that little that little turn that he do and then he does the thing with the elbow where he kind of um he just kind of he kind of kicks it out a little bit like you if you notice Lonzo Lonzo kicks his he kicks his elbow all the way out and he has his his uh his shooting hand like in and he just kind of releases it like that kid gilchrist kind of does this exact same thing um like and i have michael i traded for michael kill michael kid gilchrist in my uh my career mode my gm mode and i can't even use him as an effective jump shooter because his jump shot just is just buns and every time i would shoot it i will always miss it so like i will put him on my on the on the team's best offensive player and I would let I would let him lock them down, and then I would throw him alley oops all day. <laughs> that that was uh that was that was pretty much his uh his thing. And number one, but before I get to number one, um, I gotta I gotta give honorable mentions of of, of some jump shots. First of all, we gotta go with Marcus Camby. Marcus Camby has the slowest jump shot in NBA history, and then his jump shot he cocks his he cocks his uh, shooting hand all the way back to like the back of his uh the back of his shoulder, and then he releases it. And then on top of that, it's super slow. So Marcus Camby, you gotta you get honorable mention. Kevin Martin, um, the best way I can set the best way I can describe his jump shot is to. T- basically take your shooting hand and aim it down counterclockwise it counterclockwise your shooting hand upward like right in the middle like right in the middle as you're doing it release it you know what i'm saying like don't as you're going down don't like fully like full do it like do it come down and then come like halfway and then release it <laughs> and that's the best way uh that's the best way to uh, simulate Kevin Martin's jump shot. But you know what? It worked for him. He was a 20-point scorer in Sacramento. And um, OKC, he gave them good numbers. He gave him good numbers in Minnesota. So, I mean, whatever. If it, if it works, don't fix it. If it, if it works, don't try to fix it. <laughs> uh, Tayshaun. I think Tay, I think all lefties, because I'm, I shoot left. I'm a left-handed shooter. I think all lefties' jump shots look ugly. Every left-handed jump shot that I've ever seen from a left-handed player has not looked it good. Except for Michael Red. Michael Red got that. He got that Marcus Canby-like release, but his is quick. He and he pop it. He just, uh, just he just come down and just, uh, you know what I'm saying? He got that. He got that release. But um, Tayshon, it just like he doing a shot put. Like he just. Like you know how you take your shot put and you put it on your um you put it on your neck and then you turn around you spin you spin and then you throw it. Well, Tayshawn he got that same kind of jump shot except for like he takes his he takes the ball and he you know he uses you know he uses it like he's supposed to you know he has the hand to his god hand and then you know he actually has the his shooting hand so but it's like he he shot putting his jump shot it's actually very interesting. Which is why I never really see Tayshawn like Tayshawn was like a spot up shooter too. I never really seen him like go off the dribble with a jump shot. He would go off the dribble, put you in a post up, and then give you a hook. Or he would he had the ugliest fadeaway, man. Man, that jump is ugly. And Kendrick Perkins. Now, if you was on my uh, if you follow my social media page at GEC three two five and got him coach on Facebook, you would see that I actually posted Kendrick Perkins jump shot. Kendrick Perkins. 
it, it's not so much that his jump shot is ugly it's just his follow-through is just horrible it's like once he shoots it he goes into like a yoga pose <laughs> i don't know he goes into like this little yoga pose i don't i can't i can't think of the name of the yoga pose but he like he see he takes his leg he stretches it out he he takes one leg he stretches that out like he's bending it and he then he takes that other leg he he uh moves it backwards like he's in a yoga pose so i had to get him he has to he definitely gets honorable mention for ugliest jump shot of all time now number one number one this should not be any surprise to anybody joke him Noah. joke him Noah's sh jump shot is ugly as dirt Think about it. Joe Kim Noah at one point in time was an MVP candidate for the Chicago Bulls. Like he led them to a lot of victories. He was a he's a very he was a very good he was an effective scorer, but his thing was rebounding. He was a very good playmaker for for his size, and he blocked shots. That was his thing. He played defense, but injuries just kind of derailed his career to the point where now that all that money that Phil Jackson gave him, which is more testament of how horrible of a president of operations phil jackson was but the money is just like dog like you don't deserve this money and then on top of that he's suspended for a good amount of games starting next year because he wanted to use some performance enhancing drugs Shh. don't tell nobody though but um his jump shot the best way i can <laughs> The best way I can describe Joe Kim Noah's shot is, um, I don't know. I don't know if you got brothers and sisters or whoever, whoever you close to, just like push them in the chest. Like just give them a two, a two hand push to the chest, right? Now do that and jump, jump as high as you can. And then do that two handed, uh, through that two handed push. And that's Joe Kim Noah's jump shot pretty much in a nutshell <laughs> now that's my top five ugliest in my um my five not my five my four honorable mentions i I'm actually mentioned lonzo ball when i first started so he was a part of the uh the honorable mentions too so those are 10 ugly jump shots uh honorable mention no particular order five to one i gave you now let's actually get into how i'm feeling because now it's time for you guys to know what's really going on man got him coach Speak now or forever hold your peace. Don't hold nothing back in this week's That's How You Feel. So, Jordan, this dude, this dude know he can stay in the news, man. Jordan has said that Kobe Bryant is better than LeBron James at this moment because Jordan has, no, not Jordan. Kobe has five rings and LeBron has three rings. Now, this is the way I look at things when I when when I hear people always say, "Well, he has this many rings. That's why he's the greatest player of all time." Or this, that, and the third. A lot of people would consume that. Jo or, 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 a lot of people will say Jordan is the greatest player of all time, right? Jordan only has six rings. If you really want to put rings into perspective and say that this person is the greatest player of all time, Bill Russell would be the greatest player of all time. You know what I'm saying? Robert Ory would be the greatest player of all time. Um, anybody on the Celtics will be the greatest player of all time. Like, you know, back in the 50s and 60s. They will, John Havlicek would be the greatest player of all time. He has eight. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, I hate when people use rings as, like, the, the ultimate. I mean, while rings, yes, they are important. That's not the, the holy grail of why somebody is the greatest player of all time. Because it's more people who has more rings than Jordan. And you will still consider Jordan as the greatest player of all time. Right? So, let's not even consider that as a, as a legitimate argument. Um, if I had to pick somebody between Jordan and Kobe, I think I would, I would actually pick Kobe. And I wouldn't pick him because of rings. Um, I just think that Kobe just has this this more more of a a, a, a a hunger. Like his mindset is just more hungrier than LeBron's is. You know what I'm saying? Like LeBron initially in his career, like everybody was like, you know, LeBron, he should take the last shot. He should take the last shot. He's the guy, he should take the last shot. But he was always deferring to other teammates. Where Kobe, Kobe, he isn't he always ready to take that last shot. Always ready to take that last shot. Um 
I, and I, I look at the fact that Kobe stayed with the Lakers for 20 years. Even though there had been multiple opportunities for him to leave, there was actually talk that he may actually go to Chicago. Uh, I heard rumors he may go to the Clippers at one point. He was almost traded to the Pistons at one point. Um, but the fact that he was uh, he was actually able to stay in LA for 20 years and be a, a, a integral part of the Lakers' success in the in the early 2000s and the early 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 2000s and the mid the late 2000s going into the new decade 2010. Um, I think that's impressive. I think if you look at LeBron and his situation, um, leaving Cleveland in the first place, I, I felt I felt was a bad move, but I felt it was absolutely necessary. He goes and wins two rings in Miami. He comes back, he delivers a ring to Cleveland. Now, here's what I think is going to kind of cement LeBron and and if he's going to actually be one of the greatest player players ever. If LeBron leaves this after this year, which I think is going to be highly possible because I don't think Kyrie is going to be on that team at the end of the year. Uh, at the beginning, I don't think he's going to, like I said, I don't think he's going to be on the team by training camp. I think it would be essential for Cleveland to trade him immediately. Immediately. Like, you cannot start the regular season with Kyrie Irving as your point guard because I just think that he's just kind of like... The, the chemistry isn't going to be there And everybody's going to look at him Some type of, type of way Like you know You you causing all this bad blood And all this bad drama You you potentially going to take away Our opportunity to You know Compete for the uh, For the championship Once again Even though the East Isn't that strong Unless The young players in Boston Can really put it together And really do some great things um, The East overall Isn't that strong um, If LeBron leaves and goes to LA. I think that will pretty much cement his legacy as probably the third best player in NBA history. Because like when you look at the greatest, like when you look at Jordan, Jordan spent his all his great years in Chicago. Like he didn't spend 10 years in Chicago and then say, "All right, I'm going to play 3 years in Washington and I'm going to come back." He spent all his great years in Chicago. He retired and then he came back and he played for Washington. Kobe spent all of his years in LA. Like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, he um he spent a couple seasons in Milwaukee, and then he spent his basically his whole career in L.A. Magic spent his whole career in L.A. Larry Bird whole career in L.A. You know what I'm saying? James Worthy whole career in L.A. Like you see how like all these great great NBA players. I think Will Will he played for um I think he played for the he played for Philadelphia um. He didn't play for Golden State, and then he played for the Lakers. I mean, okay, so that's three teams. But I don't think, I don't think you would put Wilt Chamberlain in your in your top. You may, you may put him in your top ten, but I don't think he's top five. He's definitely not top five. And I actually joked with somebody one time. I said Wilt Chamberlain was the greatest player of all time, and they just, oh, I got lambasted. They like, how could you say such a thing? <laughs> that was funny, but um. Think about all the great, the, the 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 Mount Rushmore of the NBA, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan, uh, Kobe Bryant. You know what I'm saying? Like, all of these players played for one team. Like, they were loyal to one team. Like, even Isaiah Thomas, he might be outside of that, maybe that, that, that top five, but he might be in that top ten. He played for one team. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think if LeBron leaves, if he stays and finishes his career out in Cleveland, He'll be cemented. He'll be, you know, he. You may, you could make the argument he's probably one of the second best players in NBA history. But if he leaves and goes anywhere else after his contract is up with Cleveland, you can't consider him as the second best. He has to be the third best player in in in, in history. And I'm just going off of um, accolades and awards and all that. He has to be the third best player in NBA history. But what makes me mad is. Like, all this talk about the greatest player in NBA history, you know that basketball is really a team sport, right? And while the great players win a lot of games for you, sometimes you need some help from the role players to kind of get you over the hump. So, today, in honor of role players, I'm going to give you my top five role players of all time. And let's start with number five. Number five, I'm going to go with Jamal Crawford. 
So look, I think any any person who wins anything, any any person who wins an award three times and, and is the first player in NBA history to do it, they they should automatically be on the list. Jamal Crawford is a three time six man of the uh, of the year award winner, the first in NBA history, all time leader in four point plays, and even at his age, he can still give you buckets. And he the guy who retired Steve Smith. Roll the footage, please. Jamal Crawford threw it through my legs. <laughs> oh, it's time to I quit. Remember that. It's time to I quit. Remember, I've seen that. You remember that? Oh, okay. I, yeah. I, I, this I, sounds I, like I, the Don't Remind <laughs> Me segment from the earlier show. Go ahead. I, you know, the new up screener rolls. So I put my foot on the sideline thinking he has nowhere to go. He <laughs> threw it through my legs and laid it up. But I looked at Bernie Bickerstaff as my coach, and he said, <laughs> so when you think about all of that Jamal Crawford is that deal In Minnesota He's in, he's in Minnesota now He's going to give that bench instant credibility With him and Taj Gibson Minnesota like I said is going to be a problem It's just going to be a matter of getting that chemistry together And once they get that chemistry together They have all the pieces They have all the pieces to contain in the West Right now Right now Right now so that's number five. Number four, I'm gonna go with the homie Manu Ginobili. Now, see with Ginobili, just like I think with Crawford, I think Crawford he could have he could have legitimately been been a starter. Crawford was the was a top ten pick in his in his draft class. Like so, he he was he was picked with the intentions of him being a a very good starter. Now he had a couple years. He he started when he was with Golden State. He's had moments where he started a lot of games. But overall, he's been best known for his, um, you know, he's been best known for being a six man. Same with Ginobili. Ginobili should have been a starter for San Antonio for at least 13 years. He should have been a fixture in that San Antonio lineup, starting lineup with Tony Parker and Tim Duncan and Kawhi Leonard when he got there. When you got guys like Danny Green and Michael Finley and, um, and Bruce Bowen who's starting, it would make you feel some type of way, but shout out to Ginobili for not letting the the ego of starting get the best of him. He's really come in. He's had a successful career. He's a four-time NBA champion, two-time six-man of the year, two-time all-star, and a two-time all-NBA selection. Ginobili's going to be in the Hall of Fame where he retires. It's just a matter of when he's going to retire. He's going to play again this year. He's 40 years old. Man, shout out to Ginobili. He's doing the dang thing. So, Jamal Crawford, five. Manu Ginobili is four. Number three, I'm going to go with Steve Kerr. Now, Steve Kerr, Steve Kerr may not be the sexiest of picks in this top five list. Not really a guy who's going to go out there and give you 25 to 30 points off the bench. But he is a guy who has really done well done well he's a three-time champion with chicago two-time champion with san antonio five-time nba champion all together and um he's done it he's done it um all time all has the all time all time best three-point shooter in history steph curry is slowly but surely coming for that mark in terms of in terms of uh percentage i'm sorry he's the best uh Shooting has the best shooting percentage of three point uh, of a three point shooter, right? but um, Steve Kerr has had some moments from his if they double team you, I will be wide open, as Reggie Miller orgasmically speaks upon all the time. I hate Reggie Miller as a commentator, um, <laughs> uh, until his his uh fourth quarter outburst as a member of the Spurs against the Dallas Mavericks. Steve Kerr has delivered in very, very opportune times when needed. Number two on my list, I'm going to go with John Johnny Hondo Havlicek. Now, as I stated, Johnny Hondo Havlicek has eight rings. He has four rings as the primary option for the Celtics, and he also has four rings as the sixth man of the Celtics. He averaged 18 points and six rebounds as a sixth man of one of the, one of the greatest teams in NBA history back in the 50s. I don't need to say more. Number one on my list. Wait, wait, wait. Before I get to number one on my list, I have to give y'all my five honorable mentions. No, I actually give y'all four honorable mentions. I'm sorry. Um, we gonna, I'm going to go with Tony Kukoc, 
Don Nelson, Vinny Microwave Johnson, and Michael Cooper. Those are my honorable mentions for the top five role players, bench players of all time. Number one. I don't think this should really be a surprise either. Robert Ory. Seven-time NBA champion, multiple-time NBA champion with multiple teams. Two in Houston, three in L.A., two in San Antonio. Big shot, Bob. Who could ever forget the shot that he hit against the Sacramento Kings? Who could ever forget the slam dunk that he had, the slam dunk and one against the Detroit Pistons? Robert Roy is that guy. (laughs) Need I say more? Robert Ory is that guy. He's the first one. Usually he, he gives you good minutes off the bench. He anytime he's in the game and it's a close game, you gotta watch him because he's probably gonna hit the big shot. And even at one point in time, he's he's the one of the five men in NBA history to notch 250 or more three pointers in the um uh, in the playoffs. <laughs> 251 threes in the playoffs And he's the finals all time leader in threes And let that sink in for a minute man Robert Ory Greatest role player Bench player in NBA history man Yes That's my list If you got a a five that you think is better than mine Hey man share it with me You know Share with me If you agree with my list Hey Share that with me If you disagree Share why you disagree with me But uh That's my top five um, greatest role players, bench players of all time. Gave y'all my feet pieces of the week. I gave y'all my um my heat of the week from them five feet pieces, and then I gave y'all the five ugliest jump shots with five honorable mentions of all time. I think I've done my work today for episode nineteen. I think I did a good job. Can I get a round of applause, please? Yes, I feel very, very great. I feel wonderful like I'm on top of the world. I've done my job. (laughs) Episode number 19 is in the books. I'm so proud of myself. I did wonderful. Good job, Tyrone. Good job. (laughs) I'm your host, Tyrone Smith, man. And um, it's a it's a it's an honor it's an annual thing now. Before I actually go, I got this sip. I got this glass of water here that I need to take a sip of. Yes, I feel rejuvenated now. <laughs> Episode number nineteen, got him, coach. I'm Tyrone Smith, man, and I'm out of here. Peace. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at GEC325. Check out the website at GEC325.com. Buy a shirt at 325GECshop.store and become a patron for exclusive perks at patron.com slash GEC325. Tune in next week for another episode of Got'em Coach! Coach!